When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Yeah, very good morning to you, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell. It is Tuesday morning, the 11th of October, 2022. My name, Daniel Pedro. Good to be back with you, of course, after the NFL yesterday and another exciting weekend. We'll have a chat about that in a second. Broadcasting this morning, as per usual, through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SCN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. If you want to get involved with the show at any point over the course of the next hour, 1300 01 1170 is our phone number. Or you can send me a text anytime, 0457 736 736. You can uh, call anytime as well. You'll get straight on the open line. Lots to talk about. We're going to have a chat with Chris Perkins as we do each and every Tuesday morning in about 10 minutes' time from now. Get his thoughts on. Uh, what has happened across over in America over another big weekend of sport? Jonathan Gallo will join me in about half an hour. We'll talk all things football. Some really interesting results in uh, the EPL over the course of the weekend. The A-League, I'll have a bit more to say about the A-League in a second, but the A-League underway as well. So we'll have a chat with him in about half an hour. Plenty of other news floating around as well in the world of rugby league. I'll get to it in a moment. Uh, a lot of it's still about the Manly Seagulls back page today. A bit about the Dolphins as well. Um, and we've also got some news on the Dragons and a team that wants to come back. I'll tell you about that in a moment as well. So plenty to go around. We've also had NBL over the past 24 hours. The cricket, of course, uh, very close to that T20 World Cup as well. So plenty to get across over the course of the next hour. one 1170 our open line number. Or you can text 0457 736 736. The Hot Topic. Thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ring. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream at two and a half past five. That's two and a half past four in Queensland. Uh, before I get to the news of the day, uh, we mentioned last week that it's a bit of, it was a bit of a lull heading into uh, the World Cups, which we'll talk about in just a second. But I must admit, I watched a lot of sport over the course of the weekend. Um, the one I enjoyed the most, and I know it wasn't a great result for Sydney FC, uh, but Saturday night, I put the TV on and watched all of that Sydney FC Melbourne victory game. Melbourne, of course, winning 3-2. Decent crowd there. Uh, I think they were hoping for more, uh, but clearly the rain uh, would have put people off. But I think about 23,000, 24,000 people there at Allianz Stadium. Speaking to people that went, they said they absolutely loved uh, Allianz Stadium in terms of a football ground. And I think I said it. Uh, after I went to see some rugby league there, uh, the couple of games of rugby league that have been played there earlier on in the year, it looked like it'd be awesome for football. So hopefully Sydney FC will get the crowds. But look, there's been a lot of talk um, and 
you may agree or disagree, but there's been a lot of talk over recent years about the standard of the A-League, and obviously some matches aren't as good as others, and, you know, a lot of people compare it to uh, the EPL, which is, if not one of the best leagues in the world, uh, if, if not one of the best, is the best. So a lot of people compare it to that, but I thoroughly enjoyed that match on Saturday night. I don't know if you guys watched it, if you were at the game, uh, but let me know, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170, our open line number. That was really enjoyable. The basketball over the weekend, Sydney Kings in very good form. I think Vossi said yesterday on the SEN 1170 breakfast show that they're looking very, very good. Of course, Bathurst, if you watched that as well, uh, all day Sunday it was on. Uh, it was on in many places uh, where I was. People were glued to it. Um, and, of course, we had the T20 cricket, and that's all building up to a massive weekend of sport coming up this weekend. Of course, we've got the A-League and the NBL continuing, but the T20 World Cup begins and the Rugby League World Cup begins. Uh, the Rugby League World Cup late on Saturday night, early hours of Sunday morning, um, and then, of course, the T20 World Cup as well, um, which... Leads me to my question today on the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, or you can text us on 0457-736-736. We were having a chat with Charlie Goodsir about this on Friday morning. But what are you most looking forward to over the summer of sport? Now, a lot of us are still in that rugby league mode, and we will go back into that rugby league mode somewhat once that uh, World Cup begins this weekend. And we're, we're lucky here on Tradies uh, News in a Nutshell. Uh, that a lot of the games uh, throughout the week will be on when we are on. Um, I'll be here for another month before I take a bit of a break. So really, really looking forward uh, to that. But what are you most looking forward to over the summer months? Of course, we've got the cricket. We've got the tennis, as we do each and every year. We've got the T20 World Cup. We've got the FIFA World Cup kicking off in just over a month's time. The A-League, the NBL. So, straw poll this morning. What are you most looking forward to over the summer of sport? 0457 736 736 is the text number. Or call the open line anytime. 1300 01 1170. What are you most looking forward to in this summer of sport? Or is it something I didn't mention? Is there another event that um, you want to bring to the attention of our listeners that I may not have mentioned? Of course, we're only three weeks away from the Melbourne Cup. Everest, of course, this weekend. But the Melbourne Cup only three weeks away. Year is flying by. So let me know your thoughts. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy the open line number, or you can send a text 0457 at 6 past 5, 6 past 4 in Queensland. Uh, let's have a look at what is making news today. Um, it is a relatively uh, quiet day, I suppose, in terms of uh, sports news, but still a bit around. Now, this issue surrounding Des Hasler and the Manly Seagulls, you would have seen it in the headlines over the past couple of days. It was making headlines last week. I said last week it was making headlines at the beginning of the NRL final series over a month ago now. And as I said then, it went a bit quiet, didn't it? But uh, it's definitely resurfaced. And you speak to people that are in the know, and it seems that Des Hasler won't be at the Manly Seagulls next year. Now, I'm not a Manly fan, um, but whether you want Des Hasler to be at the club or not, you'd like them to make a decision and this whole thing, this whole saga to be over pretty soon. Because we're at the 11th of October now. Now, I know they've got a couple of players, of obviously, uh, in World Cup duty. But they'll be back at training very soon, the rest of the players. And they would like to have some clarification about what's going to happen. Now, the name that's been spoken about is Anthony Seabold. A lot of people saying he'll be named as Manly coach by the end of this week, the Manny White 
uh, saying that yesterday on his morning show. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but back page of today's Daily Telegraph in Sydney uh, with Des Hasler's threat to take legal action against Manly over the Pride jersey fiasco. Well, that's taken a new turn as an explosive leaked email indicated his own football department signed off on the rainbow jersey months before the controversy tore, about, tore apart the NRL team. And as we know, that really derailed their season. Now, we'll never know if that had never happened where Manly would have finished. It may have taken the same turn or it may have not have. We don't know. Um, but it was a major distraction at the time. I remember that week, which was a while back now, but that whole week was dominated uh, on the open line, on the text line, everywhere in the media by that whole situation. Now, the Daily Telegraph um, has attained copies of emails between the Seagulls commercial boss, Luke uh, Tucker, and Manly's general manager of football from May 24 this year, in which the jersey was approved. Now, that is two months before that game against the Roosters. It can now be revealed that that information was not passed on to Des Hasler. So in an email on the Tuesday afternoon of May 24, Tucker wrote, I just want to double check before production commences that we won't have any issues with any players wearing these jerseys for this one-off game. An attachment also showed the design of the jersey. In response, at 5.52pm the same day, uh, the head of football, John Bonazara, said, don't see an issue at all, mate. Tucker went on to clearly explain in the email the club's motivation for producing the jersey. Um, now, it's reported that Punzara does have a tight relationship with Hasler and has rarely made a decision or signed off on anything without the consent of a coach who is renowned who is a renowned micromanager. Um, sources say he has apologised to Hasler for keeping him out of the loop. And, and I think this was one of the main criticisms of the Manly Seagulls when this whole thing happened um, in the middle of last year, oh, in the middle of last season, just gone. It seemed that Des Hasler, and you'll remember that press conference with Des Hasler and Daly Cherry Evans fronting the media, but there was no, no one like the general manager of football, the CEO facing the media. It was left on Des Hasler and Daly Cherry Evans' shoulders. Anyway, we'll see what happens with it. Um, I, you would dare say a decision we'll have to make Fair, be made fairly soon. If you are a Manly fan, how are you feeling? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy the open line, or you can give us a text, 0457-736-736. And if it is to be Anthony Seabold, um, and we'll wait and see, do you think that would be a good choice for the Manly Seagulls? Look, he's very smart man. You've heard him here on SEN right throughout the season. One of the best experts in the game. Um, we know he had uh, pretty good success at South Sydney. Brisbane mixed results and has been part of the England Rugby Union coaching staff with Eddie Jones over the recent months and years. So how would you feel about him coming in to coach the Manly Seagulls? 0457 736 736, the text number. Or you can call the open line on 1300 01 1170, 10 and a half past five, 10 and a half past four. Now, one thing before a break as well. Now, we've got the Dolphins, of course, coming in to the competition next year and been a bit of talk about them over the past 24 or 48 hours, ever since Cam Munster decided to stay with the Storm. I think a lot of people fearing for how the Dolphins are going to go next year in the competition. They do, of course, have Wayne Bennett. But I think their team, and look, there's still time, but there's not really any big names off contract for 2023 now. So I just wonder uh, how they're going to go. But 
The other team that has always been mentioned about possibly coming back into the NRL is the North Sydney Bears, or the Bears in some way. Um, and they have now come out and promised a staggering $15 million in funding by excited investors if they are to become the 18th team. So club officials confirmed the massive amount had been pledged if they do become the 18th franchise. Um, it will probably impress, you'd imagine, the ARL Commission when it announces plans for its future competition. Now, while investors want to remain anonymous at the moment, Bears chairman Daniel Dixon said his club was successfully positioning itself financially for a return to top-flight rugby league. Now, he said there is a huge amount of corporate support from a sponsorship level. The money is one very big piece of the pie, and that has always been a challenge for us. But we now know that we won't be that won't be our Achilles heel. It still says at the forefront of our mind that we want to make sure this bid is not only financially viable, but viable for the Bears followers and to have the recipe for what is going to be a successful 18th team. That includes the rugby league community, grassroots and development pathways, which we feel we will deliver to the game in spades. And most importantly, it's not just about the money, but we have committed individuals with a lot of uh, corporate now, who are big fans of the Bears and the club's history. We are preparing everything we need for when the NRL is ready and that we will be a very attractive partner to a successful 18th team. Now, I had the pleasure for many, many years of calling the North Sydney Bears at New South Wales Cup level at North Sydney Oval. And I have to say, along with probably the Newtown Jets, it's the most fun day out. Uh, always a big crowd there at North Sydney Oval, so well supported um, and there's been talk for many, many years about them being the 18th team. Do you see it happening, though? If there is going to be an 18th team, and look, I think there will be an 18th team at some point. Let's wait and see how the Dolphins go. But do you see the Bears being that 18th team franchise? Now, it may be that they're based out in Perth. Maybe the Perth Bears. I don't know. But I, I like what they're doing, and it's good that they've got this $15 million in funding. But will North Sydney ever be back or will the Bears ever be back in the National Rugby League? As I say, I love calling North Sydney Bears games. I'd love to see them back in the NRL. It's just been one of these stories, though, isn't it, that's been bubbling along for many, many years, over a decade now, probably two decades. Would you like to see the Bears back in the competition? Well, I think everyone would. But do you think it's going to happen? Are they going to be the 18th team? And really, speaking of the 18th team, and I know we're looking a bit... Uh, too far into the future, but where would you have that 18th team base? For mine, Perth's uh, a no-brainer. Whenever they, uh, and I, you know, no offence to the Dolphins, I thought Perth was probably a no-brainer for the 17th team, but definitely the 18th team, you'd have to say the Bears. Your thought, that Perth team, and could it be the Bears? 0457 736 736, the text number, or you can call 1300 01 1170. That's the open line number. So a bit on our agenda this morning, there's also a bit of news about the Dragons. They have responded to the situation with their medal or awards night. We'll talk about that as well. But really want to know what you're most looking forward to in this summer of sport. It is a massive summer of sport with three World Cups coming up, two of them kicking off this weekend, the FIFA Football World Cup kicking off in a month. Of course, we've got the normal cricket as well after the T20 World Cup. We've got the Test Series, the One Days, Big Bash. We've got the Australian Open, tennis. There is a lot to look forward to. So what are you most looking forward to? in the summer of sport ahead as it really stands to ramp up the A-League and the NBL, of course, as well. And an 18th team, where should it be based and should it be the Bears? Will it be the Bears?
0457 736 736 is the text number, or you can call the open line. 1300 01 1170. We'll take a break on the other side of this. We'll have a chat with Chris Perkins in the United States, and we'll get to your texts and your calls. It's quarter past five in Sydney, quarter past four in Queensland. Breaking back with more. That's right. Correct, it is. Nice to have you company. 19 past five in New South Wales, 19 past four in Queensland. To your text in a moment, asking what you're most looking forward to over the summer of sports. So many big events ahead. Um, and North Sydney, or the Bears, would you like to see them back as the 18th team, wherever that franchise franchise may be? 0457 736 736 is the text number. You can call the open line on 1300 01 1170. We'll talk EPL and all things football with John Gallo in about 15 minutes' time. But before that, let's cross to America. Uh, we do that for Ken Arts Hire. Uh, can Ken Arts, Ken Arts Hire change your life? No, but they can make your job easy. And the great Chris Perkins is on the line. Morning to you, Chris. Well, good morning. Happy Tuesday down there. Happy Monday afternoon up here in the U.S. coming off a uh, a busy sport weekend up here. Yes, I, I asked you in the ad break um, how you how your weekend was and what was your response? Uh, a whole lot of sports between baseball, college football, and the NFL. Yeah, it, it was it was sport, sport, and more sport. Well, it's uh, it's it's best way to spend a weekend, I reckon, uh, Chris. Just watch sport. Don't do anything else. Mm-hmm. That is perfect. Uh, that's almost the SCN motto. Uh, now, what is the latest out of Carolina, man? Well, uh, yeah, breaking news from this morning. Uh, Matt Rule, uh, his, his parking privileges were revoked this morning by the Carolina Panthers. A one-and-four start. Uh, his key card doesn't work. Uh, don't feel bad for him about getting fired. Because he's going to get paid about forty-two million dollars to not show up to work, because he was he, he was in the middle of a he was in the third year of a seven-year, sixty-two million-dollar contract that, that he signed in in twenty twenty to coach the Carolina Panthers, uh, eleven and twenty-seven over two-plus seasons as, as the Panthers head coach, and again a one and four start, capped off by a twenty-two point drubbing at the hands of the Forty ers yesterday. So uh, he is out. Carolina uh, will have an interim coach uh, for for probably looks like the rest of the season. Uh, Steve Wilkes has been named the interim coach down there in Carolina. And then uh, once we get to the off season, they'll they'll go through the 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 CVs and all the retreads uh, that get fired from other teams in the NFL, and the cycle will continue. Forty-two million dollars not to turn up to work. That's uh, that, that's that, that's not too bad, Chris. That's called living the American dream, my friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> love that. Be living the Australian dream as well. Uh, now, what's, Absolutely. what is the uh, latest overreaction in the NFL? What's happened here? Yeah, remember two weeks ago what happened with Tua Tagovailoa, the Miami Dolphins quarterback? Yes, uh, got hit. The you know the the question did he did he have a concussion? Did he not? Came back into the game after going through concussion tests at halftime. Then the following week, the he, he winds up getting hurt and having to be stretchered off. The NFL said they were changing their protocols starting this week, and there were two events uh, yesterday that really show <laughs> I think there's an overreaction mm. to, to what happened to Tua a couple of weeks ago. One was, ironically, the Miami Dolphins' backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. Third play of the game yesterday, gets hit, hits his, winds up the back of his head, hits the ground. He goes into the concussion protocol. Now, the interesting thing is he passed the concussion protocol test, but 
one of the new parts of the uh, of the protocols there, um, a a spotter uh, noticed that he was stumbling a little bit, mm. and the, uh, the it triggered the recently added ataxia clause in the league's concussion protocol. That that's a no go symptom that requires players to be taken to the locker room and prohibited from returning to the game under any circumstances. That's what that's why Teddy Bridgewater was not in the game. That's why they had to go to their third string quarterback. Mm. And at least part of the reason Miami got beat forty to seventeen yesterday by the New York Jets. The other one was late in the Tampa Bay Atlanta game. Tampa was up had been up twenty one nothing. Atlanta fought back, got it to twenty one fifteen, and on a third down play with about three minutes to go mm. in that ball game, Tom Brady dropped back, rush came, got to him, he was sacked. And this was a play you see approximately 257 times every week during the AFL season. The the defensive lineman wrapped him up, kind of spun him around, kind of slung him to the ground. It wasn't violent. It wasn't a hit to the head. wasn't a hit to the knee. Yet somehow Jerome Boger saw enough in that to throw his yellow hanky on the field and call unnecessary call roughing the passer which on a third down play where you get the sack, that means Tampa Bay's got to kick it back to Atlanta. They had a shot to win. Instead, it's a 15-yard penalty, automatic first down, and Tampa runs out the clock, hangs on for a six-point win. Twitter, NFL Twitter sphere went ballistic <laughs> with this call. Uh, I Only one of the worst calls you'll, you'll ever see. I can imagine. Hey, just a question on the concussion situation, um, and you'd obviously know you follow the game much closer than me. Um, when there is a player that is concussed or suspected to be concussed, is there an independent doctor that looks at that, or is it a team doctor? Do you know? No, it's an independent neuro- okay, uh, yeah. neurologist It is uh, who is unaffiliated with the team, and they just changed that protocol a few years ago Yes, uh, because there had been a spate of concussions, uh, and, and it was up to the team doctor and the coaching staff to say, oh, no, you're okay. You know, rub some dirt in and go back in the game. No, you got an independent neurologist who is not affiliated with the team who ultimately has that power to say, take his helmet. He is not going back in the game. Yep. And I, I like that idea. I like somebody independent doing that. The problem is when you have an instance like what happened with Tua a couple of weeks ago and and the bad publicity that came from it, because it did look bad. Uh, It it was a it was a very bad PR look for the for the NFL. What we're starting to see is an is we've gone from correction now. We're touching the line of overcorrection with what happened yesterday. I'm a little worried because when when you got a a roughing the passer penalty as weak as that one was that Tom Brady got yesterday, now I'm wondering, are we really playing tackle football? Because Jerome Boger actually told the pool reporter uh, after the game, he was unnecessarily thrown to the ground. This is tackle football. Mm. One of the rules to end a play, a man has to be put on the ground holding the ball. How do you do that? That it, it looked like a football play to me. Yeah, very, very interesting. All right, uh, see what happens and unfolds there over the next couple of weeks. Now, a near upset in college football, Chris. Yeah, a couple of, couple of notes from college football over the weekend. Uh, uh, number one, Alabama 
almost lost at home to Texas A&M. A&M had a chance to win the game on the final play, wound up throwing an incomplete pass uh, on one of the worst play calls you'll ever see. If you're gonna, if you need a touchdown on the final play of the game, you should probably throw the ball to the end zone. Mm, and this yes. was like really close out. And even if the guy would have caught it, he would not have gotten into the end zone. It was it was poor play calling. But Alabama survived. But they fall all the way to number three despite the victory in the polls. So it's kind of a close-run mess. And the Red River game on Saturday down in Dallas between Oklahoma and Texas, it was a beating of historic proportions. Texas beat Oklahoma 49 to nothing in that game on Saturday. 49 points, most points ever scored by Texas in the Red River game against Oklahoma. First time Texas had shut out Oklahoma since 1965. Oklahoma is usually the one administering beatdowns in this series. Yesterday it was Texas, and they remembered what happened last year, giving up a 28-7 to, 28 to 7 lead, losing in double overtime. Texas made sure that wasn't happening this year. 49 nil. That is that is a smashing. Uh, yeah, we wouldn't want to be Oklahoma, nope. would you? Um, and finally, a major, well, not a major, but a home field disadvantage in the baseball. Yeah, there was all this talk about how how important it was going to be to be the higher seed in the wild card, uh, the wild card round, because you were hosting potentially all three of the best of three home teams in the wild card round, three and six. Mm. The only team, the only home team to win their series was Cleveland. They beat Tampa in two straight. Philadelphia took two straight from in St. Louis. <coughs> Seattle, game two, came from 8-1 down to beat uh, Toronto 10-9 at Rogers Center in Toronto to sweep that series. And the Padres went into New York and, and took 2-3 against the Mets to advance onto the National League Division Series against the L.A. Dodgers. We're down to eight teams in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Best of five division series start tomorrow as we get closer and closer to crowning a world champion. But, yeah, it was kind of kind of interesting to see that that the road teams won six of the nine games uh, of the wild card round. Uh, the first year we've had the best of three wild card round in baseball. All right. All very, very interesting. And just before I let you go, uh, when we speak again on Thursday, I would like an update on the Tom Brady Giselle saga. Okay. So uh, don't, don't tell me now, uh, but I would like an update on Thursday. So I'll give you 48 hours to find something. All right. I have homework. Okay. I will do, I will get right on that, sir. Very rarely I set people homework, but today's the day. Uh, Thank you, Chris. Have a good one. We'll chat on Thursday. All right, have a good day. Thanks. Thanks, mate. Chris Perkins in the United States talking all things American sport. NBL last night, Perth Wildcats, very good over the Cairns Taipans. Perth uh, 105 over Cairns 76. Uh, so that was the NBL last night, just before a break, and then we'll talk all things round ball game with Jonathan Gallo. Uh, Yeovil Treeman says, hi, Dan. Ask him uh, what you're most looking forward to uh, this summer. Hi, Dan. It's definitely the cricket for me. Certainly a huge international season and most looking forward to the three test series against South Africa. Yeah, that kind of gets forgotten at the moment because we've got uh, the T20 World Cup coming up in cricket. Uh, But yeah, you're 100% right. That's going to be sensational. But I also enjoy following the domestic shield and one day competitions, following the fortunes of the next up and coming players. Uh, That from the Oval Treeman. Yeah, I remember 
when I was growing up, I used to I used to head down to the SCG a lot to watch uh, the Sheffield Shield. I, don't, I can't remember the last time I was at the Sheffield Shield, but it was really, I enjoyed watching those matches. Uh, not many people attended, unfortunately, but it was really good uh, to watch those matches, see some of the up-and-coming players uh, heading into that Australian team. And yeah, as Yeovil Treeman mentions, that Test Series against South Africa should be a beauty uh, later on this summer. What are you most looking forward to this summer? T20 World Cup, FIFA World Cup, Rugby League World Cup, uh, NBL, A-League, let me know, 0457 736 736, or you can call the open line, 1300 01 1170. We'll take a break on the other side of this. We'll talk all things football with Jonathan Gallo. Yeah, good to have your company on this Tuesday morning. Open line is 1300 01 1170, or you can uh, flick a text any time. A couple of texts there, I'll get to them in a sec. 0457 736 736. Time to switch our attention to football, soccer, and plenty happening as well. Jonathan Gallo, who's braving a bit of the monkeypox to join us today, is on the line. Morning to you, John. Morning, Dan. Yes, I'm uh, a bit go. under the weather. Yes, you. As you can, uh, as you can hear. I'm sure so, uh, you'll push yeah. through. I'm sure you'll be able yes, to push yes. through uh, as the trip. Yes, rest assured, I'll, I'll push through, mate. That's why you're paying me the big bucks. That, so. well, that, that, that's exactly. And when I find them, I'll give them to you. Uh, now, before yes. we get to uh, the EPL, and it was another massive weekend of the English Premier League with some really interesting results, I just want to quickly talk to you about the A League and, in particular, that Sydney FC game. But look, the first round of the A League uh, was entertaining, but. I must say, I said at the top of the show on Saturday night, I sat down and watched all of the Melbourne Victory Sydney FC game. And uh, I think I put a tweet out and I said at the top of the show today as well that sometimes the A-League, the people do have a guide about the standard of uh, the A-League. But if a lot of games can live up to what we saw on Saturday night, and yes, it was disappointing that Sydney lost, that's going to be a really, really entertaining season. Um, and considering how good it was in the pouring rain as well, it was a great way to start the season. Yeah, it was, um, it was a real you know, end-to-end game, wasn't it? And, um, you know, I thought it was a real good display for the A-League to have, you know, that kind of game put on. And um, particularly given it was Allianz Stadium and there was a new opening for, for football there as mm. well, which was a, a great feat as well. But um, really pleased to see both these sides go out at hammer and tongs and, you know, there's a big rivalry there. There's a lot of history between both these clubs um, when the A-League initially started way back when. But um, I think victory, you know, coming on top in that game you know, in a time when it was 2 all, and you thought <clears throat> that was it from, from both sides. It looked like it was um, over. It, yeah, exactly. It looked like it was over. And um, I think, you know, well done for victory to get the three points. But, you know, it's already um, time now where Sydney FC are, are facing a bit of pressure already. Mm. You know, Steve Corrick is already a man that's... Uh, you know, been a little bit under the spotlight already from their poor season last season. Um, but, uh, you yeah, know, great result and a great display for the A-League, I have to say, for, for both teams. Yeah, and to still get 24-odd thousand there at Allianz Stadium as well on Saturday night uh, was pretty good. I, I know they would have been, you would think, somewhat disappointed that they couldn't get a bit more in. I know they were hoping for 30-odd thousand, uh, but obviously the rain put a bit of people off. But uh, from all reports, it's just a great place to watch football from as well. So uh, they will play, by the way, just Sydney FC, by the way, will play on Sunday this week at 5pm against Western United away. Uh, so we'll see how they go with that one. And, of course, the A-League as well does take a break over the Football World Cup, just not 
quite as big of a break. I think they're back in early December, whilst, as we know, the Premier League doesn't get back until uh, really Boxing Day. Uh, so it's a fair bit of a break. Now, uh, you messaged me yesterday. You said your tips were very good this weekend. So let's just uh, quickly whip through uh, the English Premier League games. And as I say, some interesting results started, uh, way, feels like way back, I think about 48 hours ago, on Sunday morning, early Sunday morning our time. Newcastle, a big victory against Brentford, 5-1. Yeah, well, this game was a fantastic game, I think, for, for Newcastle side of things. They really put uh, Brentford to the sword. And Brentford have been, you know, with all respect to Brentford, they've been performing quite well this season so far. So it wasn't an easy game by any stretch for, for Newcastle to, to go and, and play against. But they really put them to the sword, as you said, 5-1. Now puts Newcastle you know, up in sixth position as well, just one point behind fifth-place Man United, which is a brilliant uh, display from them. They've got their key players really playing well at the moment. Guys like Dumierish as well as Amirion playing really good football for Newcastle. Bedford will be obviously disappointed. They didn't you know, put up more of a fight in this game, but um, they've had a strong start of the season already, but terrific win from Newcastle. Yeah, really, really good win. Leicester City, I think they would be very, very disappointed about how uh, they have been faring this year. Yeah, they got that win over Nottingham a week ago, but lost 2-1 to Bournemouth on the weekend. That's a disappointing result for Leicester. Yeah, it is, and uh, the pressure mounts on, on Brendan Rodgers. I'll be very surprised come end of next weekend if he will still be at the job at Leicester, to be honest. Um, mm. They're still well and truly in the dogfight down at the bottom of the relegation zone at the moment. Terrible start to the season for them. Although, be it, Bournemouth have been in good form this season. They started the season strongly, to, to many people's surprise, and they continue their form up the ladder. They're um, you know sitting in eighth spot at the moment, a couple of points behind Brighton in seventh spot. So, um, yeah, terrific start from Bournemouth. I, I just uh, can't understand how they've turned their season around. I mean, many mm. people thought they would be, you know, right down to the bottom of the table, particularly after the Scott Parker situation, <laughs> you know, earlier on in the season. But uh, they've turned their form completely the other way around and up the ladder they've been climbing ever since. So, um, terrific from Bournemouth. Great win. But, uh, yeah, dire straits if you're a Leicester City fan, that's for sure. Well, Vossi was on the Bournemouth bus. Then he got off the Bournemouth bus. Now I think he might be back on it. I wonder, he's going to the UK tomorrow. I wonder if he's going to go to a Bournemouth game. I must ask him that. He should. Uh, he's their number one fan. Uh, Man City, uh, no surprise here, though, over Southampton. Man City, four over Southampton, nil. Not a really a surprise result in this one. No, it wasn't. I think it was everyone expected. It was going to be a long day for uh, for Southampton in this one, and that's how it turned out to be. Harland... Mm grabbing the fourth goal and yet another goal for his name. It's been a terrific start for him. Riyad Mahrez, again, getting on the score sheet. Surprisingly, last season, he was a top goal scorer. And, uh, you know, I think 4-0 was a fair result given the, the balance of play. To be honest, it could have been another two or three in the back of the net. So could have really been a, a cricket score at the end of it. But uh, I think Southampton, where they are at the moment, they're just nowhere near the pace of, of the Premier League, really. They're, quite, they're sliding down the ladder. Fairly quickly, they're just in 17th spot, one point ahead of Wolverhampton, who are in the relegation zone. So I don't think many people are surprised to see Southampton that far down the ladder. Um, I think they've got a long, long season to go. I wouldn't be surprised by the end of it that they are, are in uh, in a relegation and, and do drop out eventually. But City have been strong all season. Scary, really, how good they're going. I think their good form will, uh, will only continue. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, now also a pretty one-sided result. Chelsea 3 over Wolves nil. Yeah, I think Chelsea did really well to uh, leapfrog Brighton to fourth spot. Now they've hit form in the last three or four weeks. Now Graham Potter's got them playing some really good football at the moment, which is very pleasing if you're a Chelsea fan. Well overdue as well, I suppose, because they, they did come up to a bit of a hickey start at the start of the season. They just weren't really hitting their form that strong. But um, 
done really, really well over since Wolves are now obviously struggling. Their manager's been sacked a couple of weeks ago, which doesn't help the cause there. They're in 18th spot in the relegation zone, and I just don't see things turning around for Wolves. I know they brought Diego Costa over uh, last week as a new transfer signing, but uh, he's 35, 36 years of age, and I don't know how much uh, help he'll be to Wolves' chances of surviving this season, but uh, they've got a long, long way to go, really, and I think uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can stay up. But Chelsea right in the mix now, and I think they're uh, turning their season around. I watched this next game. Tottenham won over Brighton. Neil, it was an entertaining game. Brighton had a lot of chances, didn't they, uh, to get over or to get a goal uh, against uh, Tottenham, but unfortunately uh, for them, they couldn't. But Tottenham, uh, another important win for them away from home. Yeah, big win that you know cements a spot into the four. They now jumped to the third spot now since uh, since that win on the weekend, and it was a tough weekend for them. They did lose their head fitness coach as well. Gino passed away uh, through uh, through lung cancer as well, which was very tragic for for a lot of those Tottenham players, and very difficult for them to get through the game. Obviously, Harry Kane spoke about that afterwards in the uh, post game interview, and um, you know they had a lot of their minds elsewhere, as you can understand, but mm. uh, still managed to get the job done and. Um, you know, fantastic result for them. As you said, they did hold on in some respects. Brighton did put them under a lot of pressure, particularly in that second half, to try and get an equaliser. But credit to Spurs, they held on in the end. Son Kane really combined very, very well. Hoiberg in midfield played fantastic as well. Um, but uh, Brighton will be, you know, they won't be too disappointed. I think they're, they're in the mix for sure this season. They're punching well above their weight already. So, um, you know, good result for, for Spurs and you know, on and upwards for, for them this season. I thought it was a very, very good uh, performance by Brighton, considering everything uh, how and who they were playing as well. Uh, yesterday, West Ham 3 over Fulham. One disappointing result for Fulham. Yeah, I think Fulham's inconsistency is uh, starting to show a little bit. I said that last time I was on the show, last couple of weeks. They've just hit a bit of a few speed bumps in the road. They've had a terrific start to the season early on, but at the moment, uh, their form is starting to catch up with them a little bit. West Ham is starting to climb the ladder. They're, they're on the opposite side now. At the moment, they had a poor start to the season, and now they're starting to find form in the last couple of weeks, which has been brilliant if you're um, if you're a Hammers fan, that's for sure. But I think for Fulham, it's just a case of trying to hold on to, to staying in the top half of the table. And they fell away in this game very early on and never really got back into it. West Ham plays some wonderful football, as they have been in the last couple of weeks. And uh, the confidence is definitely brewing high at uh, West Ham at the moment. So difficult for, for Fulham to cop that loss, but uh, great result for West Ham. Good three points. Now, I'll just get your quick thoughts on this one because I want your thoughts on the other two matches after this. Just really quickly, Crystal Palace 2 defeating Leeds United. One that's a bit of a disappointing result for Leeds. Yeah, it is. It is a massive disappointment for, for Leeds, as I said last time as well, that um, I think you know Jesse Marsh's side is starting to slightly fall away a little bit the last couple of weeks. So very disappointing if you're a Leeds fan. Uh, they haven't really been putting in the performances that you'd like to see that they did early on in the season. Uh, but, uh, you know, in this game as well, they took an early goal lead in the first 10 minutes of the game with Pascal Struik finding the back of the net. But then since then, it was a one-way show. Palace quickly got back into level things. And then young striker SA got them up on the uh, 76th minute as well to get them to a 2-1 lead. Great result for, for Palace. They really needed this, I uh, think, uh, from a confidence perspective more than anything else. They've been sliding down the, the Premier League ladder. But, uh, you know, since that win now, they're, they're really in the mix into, into 15th spot. So... Yeah, that's a good win for them. Hopefully they'll give them the confidence to turn around their season. And for Leeds, hopefully for them, they can try and find some form pretty quickly. Otherwise, they may find themselves sliding into that relegation dogfight in the next couple of weeks if they're uh, if they're not careful. Now, Arsenal 3 over Liverpool 2. Good result for Arsenal, but again, it continues Liverpool's rocky start to the Premier League season. 
Yeah, it does. And look, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the VAR decision and whether it was a penalty in the end for Arsenal, which ended up giving them the winning goal by Bakuya Saka to make it 3-2 in the end. And, you know, Jurgen Klopp did speak afterwards in the post-game interview about how uh, you know, disappointed he was in the team's overall performance. He notified that, you know, obviously the key players up front for Menio, particularly Salah, just nowhere near it. They're miles away from where they were last season, Liverpool. And, quite scary really people talking about the sharp decline of Liverpool this season um, which is you know very contrast to what we've seen the last four or five years from them they've really been almost wall beaters uh, but uh, they've just been nowhere near it and uh, yeah Arsenal were fantastic yet again Arteta uh, you know got his side playing wonderful football Gabriel Jesus Martinelli Zizenko uh, Odegaard fantastic for Arsenal yet again but Liverpool yeah just not really at, at the races for me you know, as I said Salah just not at it uh, Jota was was nowhere there. Van Dijk looked very dicey at times. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold wasn't really at the races either. He came up with an ankle injury as well. So there's a few injury concerns to add to Liverpool's woes as well. And they're facing the uh, probably the informed side in the Premier League this weekend against Man City. So um, that was a big game. But uh, I doubt whether Liverpool will really be uh, up for the game, to be honest. And just in 30 seconds, just really quickly, Man United 2 over Everton 1. Man United continuing their good form after a slow start to the season. Yeah, I'm a strong start for, for United. Um, obviously, Everton got out to a, an early goal in the first five minutes and you started to, to be concerned if you're a United fan that things weren't starting to go your way. But uh, eventually, Anthony equalised and got them back on track and uh, and they finished off with a, with a second goal to round out with three points. That keeps them in the battle in the top six. And for sure, now they're in fifth spot, just one point behind Chelsea. Um, Everton slowly starting to come away. That's their first loss after a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, I think it was a good game. Very very end-to-end stuff as well, I have to say. Really good watch. But um, I think United did, did enough to get the three points and uh, Lampard would be disappointed in that for sure. Perfect, mate. Thank you. There is another game coming up in about 10 minutes, which we'll keep you up to date with on Breakfast with Nottingham Forest taking on Aston Villa. Have a wonderful Tuesday. We will speak to you again on Friday morning, John. All right, mate. Speak soon. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. Jonathan Gallo talking all things football there. He'll be back with us on Friday. We'll have another preview of the EPL and also A-League, and we'll continue our road to the World Cup break. And then we'll come back and wrap it up with a couple of texts. 0457 736 736. Open line 1300 01 1170. Breaking back with more. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell. Yeah, and also with John on Friday, we will do our road to the World Cup with that only just over a month away. The Football World Cup on the text 0457 736 736. This one says, hi, Dan. If we do see the North Sydney Bears return to the NRL, it won't be the North Sydney Bears. Uh, Whilst they seemingly have financial and other support, I would expect that it is very Sydney-centric. The location of the 18th team, e.g. Perth, may not encapsulate the Bears' profile and may want to develop their own profile more suited to that location and their local community. Well, yeah, that's a very good point. We don't know, let's say it is Perth, and we don't even know if it will be Perth. We don't, they may not want to be uh, joined up with the Bears, but we'll wait and see what happens with that. And this from the Chookman on the text. Hi, Dan. Love the Boxing Day and Pink Tess. Bring back the Bears. Central Coast needs a team. That one from the Chookman, yes. Uh, Central Coast always overlooked, aren't they? Everyone talks about Brisbane and uh, New Zealand and also uh, Perth, but you're right, the Central Coast would also be uh, a good bet there, and especially if it did have that Bears franchise. Thank you for that one, Chook Man. Thank you for all your texts this morning. Also, a big thanks to Chris Perkins.
Richards from America, who we'll chat again with on Thursday, and Jonathan Gallo talking all things football on Friday. And as I mentioned, the EPL match coming up as well. Vossi and Brandy will keep you up to date with that one after the news at 6 a.m. For listeners through SENQ 693 and SEN 1620 on the Gold Coast, you'll get the first hour of Vossi and Brandy and then Pat and Heels in about an hour's time from 6 a.m. local time. Thanks for your company today. Tomorrow on the show, we'll have a chat with Matty Cox from Tradies News in Melbourne. Looking forward to that one. Have a wonderful Tuesday. I'll catch you tomorrow morning from 5 a.m. Vossi and Brandy next for breakfast. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.